Podcast. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. I wonder if anybody ever noticed the switched up noise. Well, we'll yeah. All right, so well, well, welcome on back to another episode of Cocktails with Dimples in the Beard. The tavern is now open, and we are going to be drinks talking to the erotic entrepreneur. So we can say the erotic edition of Cocktails with Dimples in the Beard. Looking forward to it. Until we do, before she comes on, give us a like, give us a subscribe, share with your friends, please, and and leave a comment. On any anything talk about how good our singing is well when that rap- episode comes out and rapping <laughs> i'm available for contract for bar mitzvahs if i need to rap all right if you want me to rap at your bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah i'm here for you <laughs> i just don't write my raps yeah you don't want me to no all right let's not keep a pretty lady waiting all right without further ado the erotic entrepreneur herself Annie Temple. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Wonderful. Great. I don't know if you could hear us, but we were commenting on how even your even your little picture before you come on is sexy. Like we we. Oh well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It started good right from the get go. So awesome. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I, I've checked out your podcast and <laughs> it looks like a fun place to be. So well, I think I think you fit in perfectly. We were talking about prior, we were talking about uh we've had Susie Bratton on a couple times, enemy C expert, and said, I think this fits right along them same lines, kind of. You know, we, you we get some some knowledge and some sex fun all in the same episode. So Oh, for sure. You can't beat it. <laughs> you can't beat it. So Annie Temple. Why don't we uh, why don't we start with the backstory? Um, well, how, you know, how did you how did you become the erotic entrepreneur? Ooh, sure. Time of I, experiences, huh? <laughs> I know it's crazy. So I left my small town when I was 22 years old, just a couple months before my 23rd birthday. And I moved to the big city. I was completely broke, struggling, trying to find a good job. I had a job making really shit money doing retail in a leather jacket store on a main street in the downtown of of the city. But it rains here in the winter, and it was the middle of winter. So it just rained and rained and rained, and people... Nobody's buying leather. (laughs) No one was buying leather. No one even was really out shopping. Yeah. And that was just crazy. So I wasn't making any money and I was trying to get waitressing jobs. I'd waitressed in my small town, but only in these little mom and pop cafes and whatnot. So the big restaurants and places in, in downtown Vancouver wouldn't weren't really interested. They needed someone with more experience than me. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I just kept not getting hired and I went to cool. interviews and they said, we're sorry, we need someone with more experience than you. And, and uh, so I was really struggling. And then one of my best friends came to town to visit me. She was from my hometown, but she came to Vancouver, the big city to see me. The big city. And, uh, she, <laughs> the big city. And she was an exotic dancer. Okay. In and the she, small town. She was an exotic. 
everywhere. She just traveled. Traveled. She okay. Everywhere. She was amazing. And she said to me, you know, you could just work Sundays and make like over a hundred dollars a week, just working Sundays. And this was back in 1997, a hundred dollars for a day's work was yeah. a lot of money to me. Yeah. So she, she gave me the phone numbers and then she left town again and I didn't see her. And about two weeks later, I was just, just ready to try something new. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so she wasn't, she wasn't around, you know, push, push, pushing yeah. you or anything. No, no. Okay. She, just, she didn't push me at all. Uh, she just said, you know, you could do this if you're interested. And, and uh, she gave me the information so I called the first number on the list and I was invited into an agency's office and I didn't know what he was going to do. Like if he was going <laughs> to take my clothes off or anything, I had no idea what to expect. But, but when I got there, he just told me I needed to have like certain things. I had, I need to have a blanket, music, uh, shoes and costumes so I could work on stage. A blanket? And yeah, a blanket yeah. because you can put the blanket on the stage and then you crawl around on it. Oh, all yeah, right. The stages so the... are dirty. <laughs> they no, no way. <laughs> for the oh, slow yeah. songs, for the slow seductive songs, you need the blanket. Yes, exactly. And if you get trained or if you have mentors in the industry, they teach you to get a blanket that has two different sides so that you know which side goes up and which side goes down. Oh. And then you can have one dirty side of your blanket. <laughs> the trade secret. So now we're learning stuff. <laughs> I assume that's a blanket you probably wash every night. Now yeah, uh, I mean, a few times a week for sure. <laughs> But it's the blanket that travels with you when you go on the road and it's yeah. the blanket that you wrap yourself in when you're on the, the, the bus or the, the airplane. It, it goes okay. everywhere with you and, and uh, yeah, it gets washed a lot. So <laughs> I never, I never knew strippers had blankies. That's great. I... <laughs> well, they do in Canada. I mean, this is the place that I've worked. <laughs> well, we're not, we're not far from Canada. We're in, uh -huh. we're in Wisconsin. So we're, we're practically there a couple hours. We can be up to the border. So awesome yeah. i used to be a stripping waitress in a oh. uh, strip club that was right on the border of washington hmm. and in washington the strippers had to wear panties and cover their nipples okay so we had people who lived right on the other side of the border coming over all of the time and also they had to be 21 to get into the strip clubs sure over here you have you could be 19 and the dancers get naked and they crawl around on the stage on their blanket and so the strip club right on the border drew a lot of americans okay was there drinking at that in oh, your yeah. club oh. oh yeah and you had enough experience for that waitressing job. You were good to go there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they they hired me because of my stripping experience. <laughs> they needed someone who would get naked every couple of hours on stage and do a little quick quick strip. Yeah. I don't know. I well, I was going to ask. I've, I've never been to a restaurant that no. stripped. So I didn't know if I would just assume there's a naked restaurant, which I've been to. But when you're serving the food, you're dressed and then you would do a show. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait, you've been to a naked restaurant? I, I was on the like uh, in Florida. Okay. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> I've never been to that. <laughs> a naked naked cafe. Really? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's naked. Yep. Did you get naked to eat? 
obviously. Okay, cool. <laughs> I ate like this. <laughs> You're full of shit. Anyway, <laughs> I, it's my my dream. But no, actually, I have been to one. I did Interesting. one, but there was no strip show. So, anyways. Yeah, it was really neat because the waitresses at the this strip club. We all had like our our signature song. So when it came mm. on, the regulars would know, oh, Annie's getting on stage now. And it had a weird stage that was really old that you would go onto the, the stage, which was like floor level, and then step on a pedal and it would raise the stage up really, really high, like <laughs> above people's heads. And so the guys in front row actually had to look up. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> We, we got it. We can't go any further without knowing what the song was. My song? Oh, yeah. I yeah. used a few different songs, but I think the one that I used the longest was, uh, I think it was Respect by Aretha Franklin. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it had attitude. Yeah, it does. Definitely does. The best thing I found working there was when I would be serving a table that had never been there before. And they would just be like kind of dismissing me or not really looking at me or or kind of treating me like a, the whatever waitress. Yeah. And a half hour later, I would get on stage and do a show. And then after that, they just wanted to talk to me. They wanted <laughs> to know me. They wanted, you know, interact. And they, they took a second look at me and then, <laughs> and then the tips go up. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure tipping works there. Was there somebody stripping all the time? During... Yeah, well, they had the regular dancer lineup as well. So oh. there was, uh, you know, shows going on. Usually every 20 minutes to a half hour, a dancer would do an 18-minute show. And then in between the dancers' shows, they would get us up for one song. Okay. Because okay. I'm, I'm just, my, my, my thought was, was there ever anybody that came in, was eating, and then were surprised by the, whoops, somebody on stage. But if they were going on all the time, he... Yeah. Probably I think caught. people knew they were coming to a strip club, but they were usually surprised when the waitresses got on the stage. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that would surprise me. But I didn't know there was such a thing to be even to begin with. I mean, I've been to strip joints where they had a buffet, which was hot dogs and in those roller things and donuts on the table. So I've been there. That's about as classy as I've I've ever seen in a strip joint. <laughs> That's so. the way Wisconsin does it. <laughs> Rotisserie dogs. <laughs> Sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> it was. It was. And that was about uh, noon on a start of a big old guy's day. So uh, <laughs> it was a good start. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of strip club food, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was curious before we started this if we were gonna get if we were gonna get curly Annie or straight Annie. <laughs> yeah, it's usually curly. I love the curly hair, it's beautiful. But it, it also you look beautiful with the straight hair too. So I was curious what we were gonna get. Yeah. Today I'm curly. Yeah, and I have my fiftieth birthday in just over a week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my natural curls. Perfect, and yeah. we'll talk about your big bash coming up. But, For sure, um, <laughs> we got it in. We got all excited about a. I think about a strip uh, restaurant. Kind of, kind of, yeah. Kind of went for a while. Oh, yeah, on that. I was telling you about when I started stripping. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I went and saw the agent and he told me I needed a blanket, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I said, I don't have any of that stuff and I have no money. And he said, well, you can go and do private dancing. Oh, so, you know, Tina Turner's private dancer. Yeah. yeah. 
so I didn't know what that was, but I went to the strip club, the local strip club uh, that night, one of them. There were so many back then. It was oh, really? wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Just wonderful. Now there's hardly any. This one with this one's closed now. It was called the Marble Arch. Mm. And I oh. went in there and they said, so you're going to sell table dances and private shows. And they had a little spot off to the side. And this was very new in Vancouver at the time. Okay. But, but very common out east, but very new in, in Vancouver. So nice. uh, it was kind of a novelty thing. And uh, that night I made, I think I made like uh, almost $300. And at the time... Because I was working part time for minimum wage in retail, and I think I think minimum wage was like seven dollars. Yeah, I was making less than that on my paychecks every two weeks. Jesus Christ! Yes, it was so. I, I was barely getting by. That's how desperate I was. I was stealing my cheese and my razors because they were. I thought they were too expensive. <laughs> Those are those are pricey items. That's <laughs> cheese can be expensive. Wait, before we go any further, I gotta say I'm a big Motley Crue fan, and in Girls, 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 they talk about the Marble Arch, and I had no idea where that ever was. So Vancouver, BC, Canada. There, there we go. go. Yeah, the Marble Arch. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> nice. It was Arch. it was an awesome night. I made so much money, and the next day I quit my job, and then I just started stripping, and I loved it. So it's awesome. So, so it kind of started as. The necessity i need the money mm -hmm. and then but quickly grew into i love doing this i'm not doing this just for money i'm doing it because i actually enjoy doing it mm -hmm. you know i've been going to the gym lately and i go on the elliptical and there's tvs just lined up in front of me and there's all these men engaging in manly sports you know their bodies crashing into each other and the big hugs and the yes and you know it's just there's so much passion and you can tell that there's a rush they get from being in front of the audience yeah you know and i think that that's the same same thing for any performer and i definitely feel like as an exotic dancer i would get that rush in a really packed club with everyone yeah, and hollering and clapping and putting money on the stage it was such an incredible rush and I love dancing and always have. So it was a perfect job for me. Yeah. So how long did you do the private dancing before you went up on stage? Not very long. My girlfriend who gave me the phone numbers to become a stripper, she phoned my house because back then we had landlines <laughs> oh sure and uh, she she phoned my apartment one night and asked for me and my roommate told her that i was stripping at the marble arch and she, <laughs> i hadn't told her yet i hadn't told anyone my roommate knew because he was yeah. my roommate. and uh so she phoned the marble arch and got me on the phone in the dj booth which was so crazy and she said i'm going to pay for your plane ticket and fly you out to winnipeg and I'll where she was working at the time, and I'll teach you how to do stage, and I'll give you some costumes and music, and and help set you up. Oh wow! So I flew out to Winnipeg only a few weeks after I started, and I did the jam, which is where they you do like the same show all day, but in different clubs, and you have a driver that drives you from club to club to club. Oh wow! Oh okay. Yeah, that's like that's, cool. that's so it sounds that's like a busy it's day. It's more of a at this point, I don't know if, if strip joints in Canada have gotten to like strip joints in the States now. It's nothing more than a girl walking around and flashing her tits in your face, begging for a, you know what I mean? 
when you're you're saying like it was kind of a, a show like you were yeah yeah, yeah showgirl it was show so much more fun then yes <laughs> yes yeah. we still have a very strong showgirl culture in bc where i live but it's definitely moving like the 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 private show dancing has really moved in it's everywhere yeah. for sure yeah yeah but as you said that the strip joints have gone from plentiful to a few is there a reason for that do you feel i think there's been a shift you know in and maybe you guys have noticed it too i don't know what it's like there but i feel like there's been a shift in political correctness <laughs> yeah. which really bugs me i feel <laughs> like uh, a lot of men have been shamed into submission <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah if the clubs i think we're just starting to lose money because people a lot of the things that kind of made the made the clubs so wonderful back in the day became illegal. Like it became illegal to have a beer on your lunch break when you're working in construction. And it became, you know, extremely frowned upon to exploit women by yeah. going to strip clubs and giving them all your money. Like, yeah. ah, I don't get it. But, yeah. you know, it's just, their money. They can do what they want with it. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely we yes we we definitely have gotten more PC here as well. Yeah, and uh, but I do feel like slowly the strings are starting to be cut a little bit. Like we're starting to go back to being able to say and do some of the things that we we lost in the past decade or so. You mm -hmm. know, it always does. But I agree. And it'll take someone to have to reopen a club or something. But yeah. Oh, I have like I have fantasies about opening my own club oh, uh, yeah was gonna lead into or someone <laughs> that had experience that could give a place for dancers to come to to learn and and you know uh, explore from yeah. there so yeah, there you... there's quite a few people now i mean when i started dancing there was there were no pole dance lessons <laughs> there was no uh there was no like you, like I got mentored by the girl who I was working with that night. Yeah. They just said, here, please show her around. She's new and teach <laughs> her what to do. She's never done this before. So this is your first time? Really? Yeah, it is. Wow. And then when I showed back up the next night, then she explained to me that I needed to shave it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that was back then. I think That's now how naive I was, you know. But now, now you'd be okay with it. Nowadays, I think it's back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a little bit of a mullet pussy thing going on. <laughs> you know, it was like all trimmed up in front, but then I didn't even <laughs> think that you know you could, there there might be hair back there. Like, yeah, I should have pulled out a mirror or something. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, if you're if you're clean, you probably want to get as clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's the stragglers. <laughs> it's the. But isn't this the beauty of the girl, you know, a mentor is to tell you the, mm -hmm. the stuff that you just don't think about. Right. Yep. And I agree that hair is coming back. I have so many friends, younger friends, especially in the sex industry who are growing their art or don't shave their armpit hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, just have like nicely trimmed bush. And yep. It's very, very different for me. Very yeah. different from how I was raised. We but had to get. Back in when I first started, it was cool to have tan lines too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah tan lines were yeah, were a thing. We had a guest that her her name is the Bush Queen. Yeah, a while back, so she there was no trim in there. <laughs> no, not a bit. 
it's very like in thing now and yeah. uh, you know a lot of a lot of people love it a lot of guys love it apparently yep for sure well flashback to my high school days right right that's <laughs> <laughs> what i grew up with you know that's yeah a thousand percent that's yep. Yeah. that was that was the first time second time third time yeah right for a lot of years <laughs> So well, back not, when I was anyway. growing up, there was no pornographic internet or nothing. Right. So, you know, how do I know what it's supposed to be? <laughs> right. I know. There's no education for women. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much for us either. We were we, we learned from the the boys above us who would teach us. You know, the ones that would tell us. Yeah, the older boys. They just handing it down. And you just make mistakes, and <laughs> I made plenty A lot of mistakes. <laughs> So Winnipeg, you went to Winnipeg with your friend and she showed you some moves. Yeah. Did she show you like the dance moves? Um, the, yeah, did she, she did. They, she, we did were like that blanket. Here's what you do. <laughs> she did. She did. And she, she gave me some costumes and some music. It was still just a hellish couple of weeks. Crawling is really hard on your knees. If you don't do it a lot, it, <laughs> like makes them all bruised and swollen mm. so that's a, an interesting part of starting to be a stripper <laughs> and then the agents that you know they were just so ruthless I was okay. in so much pain and they would be from my knees and they'd be calling me and they'd be like you better go do this contest tonight or <laughs> you're not going to be able to have any more shows for the rest of the week well how am I going to pay for oh. my free ticket home wow <laughs> So at this point now you've put all your your marbles in the in this basket. This is what you're doing full time and and uh Yeah. Okay. So where does where I'm do you go? I'm making way more money than I was before. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So where you then you go from stripping. Where does the erotic entrepreneur come in then? It's I mean you at this point you decide this is what I'm going to do with my life and this is how, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. I was honestly, I didn't know. I was just so grateful to be able to not worry about money anymore. I'd grown up poor and then I'd struggled to get a, a job that I could just pay my rent and pay for my food and, you know, have some some luxuries, some, you know, leeway. So I would take a lot of weeks off and go camping and buy rounds of drinks for my friends. You know, I bought lots of cool costumes and I, I didn't really accumulate any money i didn't plan to create a big career out of it i didn't get my boobs done none of that uh i just kind of saw it as a job and wasn't really sure what i was going to do i went in and out of university and then i started having babies okay so I popped out three of those oh geez. In, in between i was i was dancing and i started doing sex worker activism too so that really okay. kind of like locked me into the community and got me into all of that. And then I went online with OnlyFans and even did a sensual massage. So I've, I've kind of done a lot of different, almost everything. Yeah. So <laughs> it sounds like it. So you got away from it for a while and, and lived a normal life and came yes. back to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I even had some square jobs. Like I, was a marketing manager for a nonprofit. I was a marketing manager for a motorcycle dealership. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I always went back to the sex industry because it felt like I felt home there. Everywhere else, I felt like I had to watch what I said. Yeah. Oh, sure. 
I mean, I felt like I grew up in the strip clubs because once I started stripping, I went back there for 17, over 17 years, I worked in and out of the strip clubs as a stripper. And then I went back as a strip club massager for a while. Oh, where I okay. started doing intimacy work. So I, I've done, I've done so much of it. And the strip clubs were always there for me. And the people in that industry were True. always there for me. Did you feel you met, you missed the, we, like we talked about before? The attention, yeah, there, you know, all that cheering, and I mean, that's that's got to be a rush, as you said. So, did you ever sit at your job at the Mike motorcycle shop and go, oh, "I miss that the attention"? I missed it the most when I was pregnant. Yeah, oh, I would be pregnant. The first pregnancy was the hardest because I left stripping to have a baby, and so I was working in regular jobs during the pregnancy. And I was getting bigger and chubbier and I hated my jobs. I was waitressing. I'd gone from a stripping waitress to a pregnant waitress <laughs> <laughs> in a different place. <laughs> I now you had experience. Myself. Yeah, now I had experience. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was just, I just, I, I missed, that was the most I ever missed it. But I honestly, every time I've ever left the industry, I missed it. Yeah, sure. I missed the camaraderie of the people that's one thing about like doing intimacy work like sensual massage or full service sex workers it's a more isolating type of work whereas if you work in adult film with other people like if you're not just doing all your own your own independent work yeah. but if you're working in adult film with other people or you're working in a strip club or you're working in in, in um a massage parlor or somewhere where there's more people working than you, you have, you have your people, you know, it's not as isolating. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. that's one thing I don't believe we have here is uh, a massage in the strip joint. No. <laughs> so you're, oh, so you're well, yeah. I only did the neck and shoulders. So you're just walking around to the, the guys at the, at front in front row. What are they called? Front row. Dino row. <laughs> what? <laughs> And you're you're uh, you're massaging shoulders and neck for these guys. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you got to look at like this <laughs> the stage of the right. restaurant. Restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, the interesting thing I found when I was working in the strip club doing massages was that a lot of the guys who would go to strip clubs were very. Uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for they're just lacking intimacy or lacking touch so that yeah. the combination so, of lacking uh, social skills maybe that too that too <laughs> but, you know and that's probably the cause of their lack of intimacy for a lot of them sure but, you know you, i'd start giving them a massage and and then i push my boobs into their back you know breathe <laughs> on their neck their ear you know some fingernails in the hair and then and then uh, you know, kind of give them a little bit of a hug. And sometimes they would break down crying. Aww. I know. I, I know. love it. Okay. I, I can see that if you're lonely in life. And yes, that part of it would be more enticing than, I mean, you can see an anchor girl everywhere, right? Like <laughs> That part of it would be, yeah. It, it's 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 different. It, yeah. yeah. It, it, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. And you went, on, you went on to write a book about your sensual massages and... Mm -hmm. Now, was it is it all fiction or is it kind of combination fiction, nonfiction, or stories that are? Oh, okay. So <laughs> the the tales of a sensual masseuse. That's yeah. 
13 erotic stories. They are all fiction. Okay. However, of course, I had to draw from my sexual experience in life okay. to, to write them because they're very explicit. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> we, did we mention at the beginning she's an author? <laughs> Probably yeah. not. We didn't mention that. So, because we're, we're going to dive into authoring authoring now. Yeah, yes, <laughs> we're going to do the author part now. <laughs> As we see the book behind her, one of the two. Yes, that's one of the two. The Tales of a Sensual Masseuse is a collection of erotic stories that started when I was writing a blog to okay. attract my massage clients. Oh, okay. So I wrote erotic stories from the perspective of like these erotic situations that actually happened, you know, but didn't happen. Yeah. And then I always had to put a disclaimer at the end so that people would know that this will never happen when you come for a massage <laughs> because we really i really only offer a massage but in the stories they would always turn into like amazing sexual experiences right. and, yeah like, which i i by reading it from a masseuse you would think hey wait a minute so yeah the disclaimer i guess makes sense but hmm. cuz there are i say uh, experience her fantasies yes <laughs> Okay. Yeah, there you go. So what, what exactly is sensual massage in Canada? Are we talking the happy ending or is, yeah. yeah. And is it legal? It is. Okay. So hilarious. I did a speech for my Toastmasters group just like a couple months ago. Uh, it was called if realtors had the same laws as sex workers. Oh. And basically <laughs> it's very weird it's very weird how the laws work in Canada. It's basically, oh, I'm not sure if it's similar in, in, in the United States, actually, but we have the Nordic laws, which they criminalize the client, not the sex worker. Oh. So yeah. you are allowed to sell it, but you're not allowed to buy it. You're allowed to advertise it, but none of the advertising platforms are allowed to post your ad. We get around that, though, because there's so many websites that are willing to break the law or find loopholes or find ways, you know. Sure, sure. Okay. Interesting. But it's been a big, huge disruption of the industry every time one of the major websites gets closed down, like Craigslist, Backpage, uh, different um, main main advertising sites for sex workers. When it, Whenever they get shut down, they actually cause a lot of harm. People don't realize how harmful it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because uh, all of these people who got all of their customers from this particular website, now they suddenly aren't can't have access to their clients and they can't make the, the money that they need to maintain the lifestyle that they've built. Yeah. And so now they're desperate. You know, they have mortgage payments, they have car payments, they have children's lessons, whatever it is they have that right. they've gotten comfortable uh, meeting the demand with their work through this particular advertising, you know, yeah. site, and then when it's suddenly taken away, now, now you've got uh, people like, how do I find my clients? You know, then you see us out in the bars or in on the street. And yeah, yeah, you're starting from scratch. You're starting from square one every right, time. But you're yeah. not. You're, yeah, you, you're not. You don't have your regulars, the ones that you trust, that you know, that you know you can trust, yeah. have a history with. Yeah. Is is there? Do you, do you, did you ever fear that? You know, when you're talking about the trust with, with clients that you, do you ever have any scary situations? You know, I mean, obviously that's one of the things you worry about. Is there anything like that? I had, so I had 
a weird situation, one particular very weird situation where a client showed up and he came to my, got to my door and he was extremely sketchy and he was like, he was like, oh, I think I'm having a panic attack. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I don't think I can do this. Who's that guy? Who's that Chinese guy in your lobby? And I said, oh, I think that's probably my landlord. He hangs out in the lobby at the beginning of the month to collect rent checks because we have a lot of old people in this building. Yeah. And he's like, he was so like upset and weirded out by the Chinese guy that looked at him and watched him walk through the lobby. And so mm -hmm. I got this weird, sick feeling like this guy maybe was not to be trusted. Like if he was that paranoid. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, fine. So he left and I, I closed the door and I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and a few minutes later, I got a text message from him saying something about, uh, you know, your disgusting building with your creepy landlord and all this shit. And then I shit you not, that was five years ago, I think. And I still occasionally hear from the guy today, like still get the occasional text message or email from him saying something about the Chinese guy in my lobby and my shitty old apartment building. <laughs> like he just... Wow. There might be some mental health issues there. <laughs> yeah, like, and usually he starts a message with a text message. He'll use a text app and he'll say, I'd like to book an hour and a half appointment. And then uh, I'll say, sure, send me a face photo. And, you know, yeah. this is my, my screening process. And then he'll send me a picture of his dick. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> I recognize that penis. You know what? Sorry. Never saw his penis, but I know like this, it's this guy that just keeps harassing me. Like, yeah, sorry, little... sorry about that. I, I get mixed up once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you lead with the penis. I, I don't know. <laughs> Never lead with the penis. I'm not, not as I'm not as opposed to dick pics as most women. Yeah. <laughs> Are 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 dicks are dicks beautiful or not? I mean, some are beautiful. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. I have a fascination with dicks, and I sometimes I wonder if women are exaggerating how many random dick pics they get sent, or if I'm putting off "don't send me dick pic" vibes because why don't I get more dick pics? <laughs> Oh, you're going to after this. Oh, Boom, the floodgates are open. <laughs> Every angle you could think of. Would you like them? I assume you would like them sent to your OnlyFans. <laughs> that would be the best. Yeah. yeah. Where, where where do we find? Well, we're not done, but where do we find you on OnlyFans? Let's let's as long as we're talking about this. Um, on OnlyFans, I'm TNT Annie. All right, all right. Do you dick do dick ratings? Oh hell yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. So that's a, a high point of your. I even do dick poems. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Huh. I'm a, I'm a poet. Now, you do a you do a like an exclusive poem for each dick? Yes. Well, they have to pay right. They have to okay. pay right. Oh, that. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's <laughs> not the same poem over and over. You It also depends uh it I excuse me. Yes, uh I do have poems that I'll go back and look at for similar types of dicks, but then I will edit to match specifically. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, 
That's intriguing. I know. I'm going to be checking that out. I want a poem about my dick. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, right? I'm going to, I'm going to make, well, yeah, I'm going to make sure the missus is okay with that. And I'm going to get a poem for my dick. You might even have to frame it. And then it depends on if you want it on video or if you just want me to send it by voice or if you want to send it by just message, text message. So. That's, oh. a, that's really a good idea. We both need to get dick poems and put them. <laughs> frame them. I like it. I got a note. I put a note. Dick poem. <laughs> <laughs> if my kid my kid walks in and sees that they'll be like what dad dad bad <laughs> i gotta warn my children what do your kids think of what you do if you don't mind me asking <laughs> well they, they, long ago they've they just have said we just don't watch anymore dad and i warned them because they all they all have keys to my place they're all older okay. my youngest is 20 so they're older but they randomly come in and at all times and i just say it's all for the podcast. If you see something, penis pumps sitting on the table, <laughs> sex toys, bongs. <laughs> you see anything on there, just remember it's for the podcast. Awesome. And I Did have love. You guys smoke bongs during your podcast? Not yeah. every once in a while. We do a we do a second podcast where we it's more about cannabis and we've oh, we really? have yeah, we have on that, but this one no, not really. This one we pretty much just drink, but are you <laughs> A partaker? I have my doobie right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew I knew better than to ask. I knew from the get go. <laughs> I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you a sativa or an indica? I'm or an both? Indica. indica. Okay. So do you do you smoke to kind of chill? Is it you know, I mean, is it your end of the day kind of or does it okay. It's your your all day kind of oh, all right. Nice. Well, it's it's my morning before I exercise at the gym okay. and it is i love it for creative creative projects so yeah. i love to write smoke a joint and do some writing yeah. or work on editing a video or work on something creative i'm with you i'm with Alcohol, you <laughs> not as much is the, isn't the best thing for that no nope. i might think i'm brilliant and then the next day i'm like what is this shit <laughs> <laughs> yep oh yeah yeah we, very much a the few same times a few times yeah Anytime I got to do anything, you know, like I'll, if I get stuck trying to write a summary for one of the podcasts or something, I just smoke a little bit. And 10 minutes later, I'm writing what I find to be a masterpiece. So, <laughs> yeah, now, well, which if we get the dick poems, then we would obviously expect you to smoke to be creative about our dicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we insist? Can we insist on a little indica prior to the poem? <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. It's pretty much a given. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Do, but do you have clients that will or have asked for to be mean to them when when they send you to rate their dicks? Well, and how do you not yet? Thank God. I've oh, okay. had clients though, uh, like I've had a few massage clients that I think were just looking for an inexpensive fetish mm. you know, uh, provider and they would try to piss me off until i would like get mad at them you know okay <laughs> like, like have a fetish for like for annoying you you know yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they, they want to like get you to the point where like and i won't give it to them i will not <laughs> okay. give it to them but one time just one time i i just at the end couldn't handle it anymore and i got, kind of lost it but i <laughs> just like Canadians are so I nice. Those guys. <laughs> I have the utmost respect 
for people who do fetish work and yeah. domination. True. We've had a few on, and you're right. Yeah. Yes. They're, in, they're saints. They but, are the most compassionate people. And 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 I think we we're, we're the same. But there's no judgment. But um, they're serving a great purpose. You Absolutely. know, people that they can comfortably get their kink out and not be unless it is to be shamed with it. Um, they can get their kink out and not have to worry about yeah. being judged. And it's so interesting. I was at a sex worker conference earlier in the year and I attended a kink and trauma workshop and mm. found it so fascinating yeah. that a lot of people can actually work through their trauma through kink. That was just oh. so, and then, and then because I learned so much in this workshop and, and talking to people because I was so fascinated, I started to realize that I have some of those kinks on like a less kind of crazy right. level, but but there are like, you know, I like to be called, you know, a dirty slut yeah. when, I'm, when I'm in the throes of passion. And that's humiliation kink. Sure. Which you is do. Okay. Yeah. But I never thought of it that way. And, and part of what I learned, I don't know if the, you know, I'm paraphrasing from what someone else told me, but part of the reason people like humiliation kink is because they want the person that they're being intimate with to be intimate with them while acknowledging their flaws. And so like a chubby girl will want to be called, you know, yeah. uh, things to do with her her size and a guy with a small dick will want to be called things to do with the size of his dick yeah. and it affirms that he's still worthwhile to be intimate with because this person is saying these things but still engaging in intimacy with them sure yeah okay that makes, makes sense. sense yeah never thought of that yeah i'm gonna have to I think know. about that blew my mind <laughs> oh <about> mine <laughs> well we won't do this isn't therapy. I'm not going to talk about it now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so um, going back to the uh, the workers and their source of income being taken away by websites going down or, or papers or whatever that, that may be. Now, with your Naked Truth um, that you started, does that give them an avenue to um not just learn about the industry, but to, to, uh, what, uh, what's the word, uh, find places, find, find clients or, uh, that was one of the reasons we, we started that classified section on the naked truth. We call it naked list. And we started it for two reasons. One was to, because we, we, we've, we've developed a relationship with the Vancouver police to have, uh, uh, lowest level of enforcement towards sex work okay so even though sex workers aren't criminalized we really are because there are aspects of our work that are criminalized for instance our clients are criminalized sure uh so we you know we have these issues so sex worker activists in vancouver that have advocated with police to have like this lowest level of enforcement where they only enforce laws when there's something violent or exploitative going on. Yeah. And not to just hold stings, for instance, to just randomly pick up clients who are, you know, 
responding to ads, that kind of thing. So nothing like that happens in Vancouver anymore. So we, we've built those relationships with the police to get to that point. And that's moving to Vancouver. That's huge. Yeah. So that's why we felt safe to create our classifieds website. And so far, so good. They haven't tried to shut us down. Nice. The that, that's huge to be able to work with them. And, and how open were they when you first went to them? I mean, it's, it's a sad story because we had uh, basically murdered and missing women for years in the downtown east side of Vancouver. And there were reports and complaints about a particular person but mm-hmm. uh, they were never taken very seriously, and it's believed that the police didn't take it seriously because most of the women were Indigenous and sex, they were all sex workers. Mm. So after the serial killer was caught, there was a, a huge inquiry into what had gone wrong and how, like, over 50 women had gone missing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> They didn't find the remains of all of them, but they found the remains of many. Wow. And it was it was that horrible, horrible thing that caused police to start listening to sex workers and indigenous groups and other people. And and so there were committees formed and then there was conversation going back. And then sex worker activists, not myself, but but uh, ones that I know that I really admire have just made sure that the conversation has kept going over the years between the people that they made connections with during that time. So people like people because of what all of what happened, the Vancouver police are very sensitive to not making the same mistakes again. And and they can be kind of like held accountable and and forced into listening, listening to us. Yeah. Refreshing, though, that good. I mean, something I mean, it sucks that something bad had to happen, but it is nice that a lesson was actually learned and and uh, something done. And it's not just the same old, same old. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I have to, unfortunately we'd love to make that, you know, make that happen across Canada. We'd love to, you know, kind of like model that with all the police departments, but right. that's something that's just so much work and takes so much money. So I can't even we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Keep, and then when you're done there, get along. And when you're done there, move into the States. Come on down. That, uh, I was not, I was saying come down by us. That's what I meant. Not, oh, you were giving the thumbs down? up? I was not giving the thumbs down. I thought of that after. Come on down to the state. <laughs> because you guys have some incredible sex worker activists in the United States, too, like unbelievable women and men and trans that I just admire. Well, here's so. what we don't have. Wow. Is legal sensual massage. As somebody who enjoys it, mm-hmm. sure would be nice because I would imagine with a little bit of legality to it, you get beautiful women such as yourself willing to do it. I don't want to say that, you know. Yeah, what do you want to say? There's not, the women that do it here aren't all that attractive. Let's just, (laughs) and I'm sure because it's, you know, there's no legality to it. Nobody who, you know, everybody's afraid to do it. So let's bring it here. So maybe a lot more of the providers there are, uh, are doing it in spite of the legality because they're more desperate. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. Yeah, just a lot more desperation in it, and and when, yeah, you know, with, you know, and desperation is unattractive. It is. I, I find it really hard in the strip clubs to make money when I really needed it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, I get that. Yeah, when you're just having fun and enjoying it, it it sure reflects 
um people that want to pay i mean i'm gonna right. pay you know somebody that's more enjoy having fun than isn't that the truth yeah which i've been both definitely yeah definitely encountered both yes <laughs> i've been shamed into giving them dollars <laughs> oh that's hilarious <laughs> So let's talk about the the book that made you a number one best selling author, and it's right behind you. The uh, which congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you. I worked hard for that. That is uh, yeah, awesome. I, I had to like be extremely uh, face my fears and put myself out there and ask everyone I knew to buy my book all on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's number one. You really put yourself out there. It was so scary. But the thing was, is when I started doing sensual massage, I wanted a book like that. I wanted, mm. I looked for one. I, I read a few different uh, business oriented books. Uh, like there's one called thriving in sex work by Lola Davina. Mm. Such a good book. So good. Like everything you could hope for to kind of support your mental health in the industry and and have someone you could relate to especially because like what i said you know especially if you work in intimacy work most people are independent and they're very isolated so to have that book and have someone understand you is amazing but i couldn't find a book that would tell me how to set it up how yeah. to do it sure. what kind of things do i need what kind of linens do i need where you know uh, how do i screen my clients uh you know and then, and then there's kind of this, this inner need in me to always try to help people with their mindset. So I have a, a whole chapter on, on manifesting money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of linens do you need? Well, it depends on how you set up your space. So I did my massages on a bed and I didn't like to change the, the fitted sheet over and over. <laughs> so I would put a nice blanket over top of the fitted sheet and then I would put a sheet over that blanket and then a pillow mm -hmm. on top of that and then all I would have to do is change the sheets yeah yeah you know and then the blanket at the end of the day but okay. the sheets and I mean I was I've always worked very uh we call it low volume so I would only do one or two massages a day usually if I sure. did that wouldn't even be every day which is why I did this work because Gave me more time to write and spend time with my children. Yeah. Yeah. And the name of the book is The Business Bible for the Erotic Entrepreneur. And I got to tell you, just from, um, I'm going to, I full, full, I didn't read it all cover to cover, but I've skimmed through it and, yeah. and picked out a lot of the stuff. And I think it even works. I was saying to him before we started, it works for people in what we're doing as well. There's a lot of that stuff in there that I was seeing that would work for us as well. So it's not just, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's for anybody kind of in social media or, you know, trying to expand a social media brand and that kind of thing. I mean, obviously there are some specifics, like you said, <laughs> right, right. Linen, but there's also enough where it's just to talking about the business. So. Yeah. It could be used uh, for almost anyone starting their own in independent business. There's quite a bit of good information in there about filing taxes and, marketing which is one of my favorite things Huge. to do obviously yep. <laughs> so, so I I just loved writing it. it it was it was a series of kind of chapters that I wrote here and there and then put it all into a book and then I was like what's missing 
And so okay. I then I put all together what I thought. And I think I, I'm I will definitely have updates in the future. Nice. I've had a little bit of feedback, for instance, uh, when I personally, when I was asking clients for their face photo, I would just get a face photo. But I recently had a friend suggest that you get a face photo with them holding something. So, you know, it's a face photo of them recently. Yeah. And I sure. thought that that's a great idea. And so it could be added to the book. Sure. sure. It's just a suggestion. If people want to, they can. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> So I think a huge part in my thought is now that it's out there, people can buy it. Do your children know what you do? And do they, are you, do you, did you show them the book? Well, I have about a hundred of them sitting in (laughs) the door of my house right now because my event is coming up and I'll be selling them there. But (laughs) uh, yes. So I've been, I mean, my 12 year old, doesn't know about the sensual massage. Sure. Uh, my older children, I have an 18-year-old and a 23-year-old, and they know. My 23-year-old daughter is absolutely gorgeous and stunning, and she she actually throws it around in her head every so often to try stripping herself. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if she will or not, but... And what are mom's thoughts on that? Are you, are you go for it, or is there a little trepidation? The only thing... The only thing that I am concerned about is it's just that, you know, it feels like there's just a lot more gang members out there right now, but I don't know if that's just because I'm old. (laughs) If I just think that because I'm old and it's just the same as it always was, I don't know. But I I just worry about that kind of stuff about her being just in the wrong place at the wrong time. She's my child. Obviously, yes. You always do. yeah, as far as her taking her clothes off for money, I say flaunt it while you got it. You know? <laughs> so if and she came to you and said, "Mom, be my mentor," she couldn't have. I mean, what better mentor is it than you? I mean, I am her. I mean, I give her all the advice I could possibly give at any time to help her be safe and live a, an exciting and wonderful life. You know, she she we're so close. She gets me to help her break up with her boyfriends, like to tell her. <laughs> say and uh, you know she's yeah I'm lucky my kids are so amazing they love me unconditionally but I think part of it is that because I went through a lot of health challenges in my life and they were there they 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 went through the feelings of what if I lose my mother uh you know what you know I can't imagine my life without her, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, children, young children can't imagine, well, most children, even any age, can't imagine losing their parent. And that made a lot for all of us in my family, made a lot of the little things kind of meaningless. Also, my children are so creative and they, they see how much creativity I get to have in my work and my business. So I just try to be like, age appropriate and I, I don't go into details sure, my daughter my daughter and I can get pretty detailed sometimes, <laughs> you know, because she's like an adult woman we're like right. uh but obviously I just kind of am general speak generally when I speak to uh sure. my my son and my 12 year old daughter my 12 year old daughter knows mommy sells naked pictures online <laughs> all right that's enough and she had to find that out because she kept walking up and I'd be like closing the windows on the computer. 
Oh, they, yeah. they'd find out they catch on you know so you might as well just That's... be upfront with it and i i also never wanted my children to feel like mom lied to me my whole life yeah that's a good point yeah well so and, and when you're not been... yeah if you, when you're not willing to be honest and open about it it almost puts a shame to it and right. a yes. shame that an unnecessary shame so yeah i get it it's it's it's, it's a struggle i'm sure it's not an easy thing to to cope with all the time but 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 now that it's out there, I, yeah, is it easier and you can yeah, talk about it? I mean, it. the hardest thing, honestly, is when my younger kids, because it doesn't happen with my older kids so much, but when my my younger, my youngest, my twelve year old, gets a new friend, and I meet their parents, and their parents mm -hmm. are like, "So, what do you do?" Sure. I don't say I do sex work. I say, "Oh, I'm an author, speaker, or I'm just starting a new business as yeah. a." A fearless living coach. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I, I like to just quick say, yeah. yeah, I've been, I've, I had to bring, break up with one of my daughter's boyfriends and bring him all of his stuff back. And I've been to, I've done it twice for her. Good for you. What a good dad you are. Ah, <laughs> oh, that just, oh, that's all the feels. I love it. You know, and that's what we're supposed to be. I don't, I think the secret to parenting is, to be your child's friend. I know that that's like against everyone else, but to me, they're children for like, what, 18 years of their life? Or obviously we're all children until we're like, what, 40? I, but, I still am. Right? I just turned 50, still a child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, they're they're children till they're 18 and then, and then they're adults. And then you have a, an equal relationship with them for the rest of your lives. And that's such a much longer part of our lives than the the small one where we're, we're ordering our children around. And I was raised with authoritarian parents. And I thought that that was how I was going to be. But I ended up being a parent who really focused on creating an environment where my kids could feel like they could talk to me about anything. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. I agree with and you. And they sometimes told me things I really wish they fucking wouldn't <laughs> there's yeah. always that end but you always as as my thing was i was don't make an expression when they told me something i didn't want to hear don't react don't react don't be mad don't be mad don't be ashamed you know nothing just don't don't react yeah exactly <laughs> well and yeah i got it it's I, coming up for you buddy i, I don't through it. i don't like to compliment him ever but I will just this once I, I have an eight-year-old. I waited a long time to have a kid. So I have an eight-year-old and, uh, and I've always said if they, if she turns out half as good as his kids, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy. So that's sweet. So yeah, he's, so uh, to he, me, that tells me that you treat your children like human beings, autonomous human beings who, you know, are, can make decisions for themselves and can make mistakes and still be loved, you know? And I feel like the whole absolutely. authoritarian parenting doesn't make a child feel, it feels like, an, un, it feels like conditional love, you know? And yeah, I think it just, I think like if I had been raised the way I raised my children, oh man, I would be like, <laughs> by now. <laughs> oh, I love it. So let's talk about the birthday party. And unfortunately, it will have already happened by the time this gets out, but you've got a big birthday coming out. I'll let you say the number. I'm not going to say the number. I know better, but it, she is turning 30. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit my age. A lot of people in my industry say 
they're younger than they are. And I even had clients say to me, you know, you could post your age as younger. <laughs> and I was like, that's nice. But, you know, honestly, I like to appeal to a more mature audience anyway. I mean, there, there's all these, there's always the, uh, the, um, the, the older woman lovers, like the young guys yeah, that yeah. love older women, of course. Um, and, and I, I get a lot of those guys because I think they, I make people feel safe, you yeah. know, and, and young guys are probably a little intimidated. Uh, but, but I love my little old guys. I just love my little <laughs> old guys. And I love, I love mature men that, uh, you know, have something interesting to share with me and, you know, care a little more about, uh, you know, the, the things that go into making intimacy really special, yeah. like like looking at each other and smiling and conversation and and just the, the 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 hugging and just the stuff that a lot of people miss out on in their marriage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I missed out. I missed out it in two of them. I, I, I'm going to try it for a third one real soon. But I, I missed out on it on two of them. So. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I feel like I feel like when you you're with someone for a long time, you just you become so natural, familiar. It's just not as exciting. You don't you don't go after it as much. You don't try to win them as much. And it's kind of like a natural uh, progression of relationships. And then if you really want to bring the spice back into the relationship, you have to do something drastic you have to like break up right, right. <laughs> you know Create and then, and then you like have makeup sex or, <laughs> or or you have to like send them to uh, a sex worker so that they can like come back like you know oh back in <laughs> love with you and uh it's just it's, there's so many things that you can do to shock it back into your relationship but if you're if you get too comfortable for too long with just the familiar do 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 of the relationship, then sex just falls away and yeah, yeah. Like, come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> sex yeah. is a huge part, and I think when they when it does go away, it's hard. they miss it, but they, it's hard to get back into it. Well, so thought, you, yeah. you just you got to make sure it doesn't go away. It's a huge part to keep you intimate, I think. And it's been like for me because of my health issues, I've had to go long periods of time without sex, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so horny especially when i'm like at the at the gym in the morning i'm on the elliptical and i'm watching all these gorgeous men in sports and i'm like oh <laughs> probably got a goofy grin on my face everyone's like what's wrong with that lady <laughs> she really like she really likes working out she likes the elliptical <laughs> her nipples sure are hard <laughs> Well, and I think it's freeing to talk about it too, you know, just to say, yeah, I get horny. Yeah, you're 50. You're going to be 50. You still get horny. And God bless you for, for that, you know? Maybe it's a matter of use it or don't, or use it or lose it. Yes. It is. It 100%. 100% it is. And that's yes. kind of what I was saying before. You know, if you just get in that home drum, it's just hard. You just lose it. It is easy to fall into that and for it to just go away. And if you don't make it a important Prior. part of life, you know? You have to. What I'll just... do is I'll just like to force my my guy to have a, some intimacy with me. Yeah. Because, and it's not like that he doesn't want to, but, you know, he works all day. He's tired. It's the end of the day. Like we have to fit it in. He He's an evening sex person. I'm 
I'm done. I'm done at the end of the day. I get up five in the morning to go to the gym. I'm a morning person. I'm like, let's do it before you go to work, honey. Yeah. He's like, well, I got shit to do. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't get in that headspace. So we have to like schedule time where we will have some time in the middle of the day together. Yeah. Thankfully, we both work for ourselves. And then I will give him a long back massage just mm -hmm. to to get us both you know and it's like someone has to take the lead and really force the the foreplay force the the long connecting kind yeah. of experience and the mood music and the lighting things that most people don't do you know it's yep. like they just like pause the tv want to have sex you know <laughs> i don't even pause it <laughs> <laughs> right it's okay. like just listen to it in the background <laughs> Yeah, but it's true. I, as long I, as you're not watching TV while you're doing right, it, right. then it's okay. I do like that. It's a really good program. It's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. Can we tell it's can over? We, can we both face the TV? Um, <laughs> I do like what you're saying, though, about it, it's okay that maybe one of you has to force the intimacy and one of you has to get a go. And it doesn't have to be the same one every time. You know, this time it's you, the next time it's him. And uh, and also, I'm very jealous because who wouldn't love nice long back rubs oh. in the middle of the day that no go kidding. lead into sex? No kidding. Whew. All right, they lead into they lead into lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the party, goddammit. As they should. Okay, my party. I'm turning fifty. Woo! Woo! And of course, like I said, I grew up in the strip clubs. I'm so excited to have my fiftieth birthday party in a very historic strip club called the penthouse nightclub in vancouver it's been owned by the same italian family for so many years i don't even know it's probably like over 50 years maybe longer i don't even maybe even 100 it's crazy and these guys are awesome they have hosted a whole bunch of our naked truth events so when i reached out to them and said hey it's annie I'm turning 50 and I want to have a big event at your at your club. They said, sure. So they, they're normally open Monday to Saturday in the strip club and they're not open on Sunday. So I can do anything I want on Sunday. Ooh. And Sunday the 7th is the day before my birthday. So I've, I've made it so that it goes from 7 p.m. till 1 a.m. And at midnight, we can toast my birthday Perfect. And I have Ella Hot Wheels with, as one of my performers, and she's going to do her roller pole show for the last show of the night. Nice. So roller skates on stage. She's very sexy. Nice. We will be, I will be finding, is she on Instagram? Oh, hell yeah. Be finding her. <laughs> Give her luck, she's yeah. She's awesome. And she, she, I actually have two uh, world competing striptease artists who have lots of titles who are who will be there kimberly blaze is the other one who will be there and then i have all kinds of other shows i have a male stripper mm. who gets down to nothing and it's hard to find male strippers who do that but he gets down to nothing and he's also incredibly good on the pole i bet the world's tallest contortionist so i i think his show is going to be really amazing as well and then whole bunch of other shows even my daughter is going to do a, a pole dance show oh, oh there nice you go. it's a great nice. way to, for her to in, be introduced to it to just around people she's comfortable with that's awesome totally. so the it's male stripper naked on a pole i suppose you gotta slide down it ow very strategically i mean i'm so curious yes. talk and slide <laughs> 
<laughs> you got a tuck and slide. I have not seen a male stripper get naked and do pole work. And I'm not sure if he will be naked on the pole or not. Or I have no idea what his show is going to be like. I've only seen the shows uh, that he has online, which obviously aren't naked. So I'm unless excited. you turn around and slide down in your butt cheeks. No. No. <laughs> no. Pole, what, who has to grab the pole next? Well, that's not his problem. <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm assuming he is a clean no. gentleman. No, no, I, I no. I'm assuming he is as well. Sorry, I'm saying no. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> I'm just so excited. We're gonna have drag shows. We're gonna have everything. It's so sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a party to be at. I wish we could be there. <laughs> I wish you guys could too. <laughs> it would be it'd be a fun expense trip to go. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're leaving the next day to Belize. So. Are you? Oh, that's wonderful. That'd be right. a hard, yeah, hard transition. Are you doing your show over there as well, or just a nice holiday? It's vacation, but we do record some shit. We'll we'll pull, you know, not anything formal, but we'll have the phones, uh, you know, do yeah, some. We'll do do some travel vlogging. <laughs> People, because your fans will want to see what what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Keep them up to date. <laughs> yeah, we went. We went last year the same week. So like, so this is our second year going. We it's it's a blast. So, I follow you guys on Instagram, and I just love your Instagram. I love all your interviews. I'm Thank like, you. oh my gosh, I get to be alongside all these amazing people. As you fit right in there, you do. Yes. I, I'm so glad. I, I would have never found you without this pod match thing, and uh, I haven't found anybody else other than you. But <laughs> I'm so glad I did because there's. There's so, so many interesting people to talk to, and it's hard on Instagram. You know, I don't know if I'd ever stumbled upon. So it's it's that's that's cool. Yeah, I love the pod match thing because I get to put my very alternative views and my alternative message out into the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? A lot of mainstream people, and it's it's interesting how many people want to talk to me from different kinds of podcast so relationship podcasts i have one i'm doing okay. uh, on relationships where we'll be talking about monogamy culture and that kind of thing yeah. it's so exciting i just love it i love it because i feel like being in the adult entertainment industry really gives you a different perspective on like you were talking about uh i think an intimacy coach that you interviewed before and i was i was listening to her and yeah. she was talking about how she has uh, her partner has two other girlfriends or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yep. Like, and, and this is so interesting because, you know, monogamy culture tells us, you know, you can't do that, you can't do that. It has to be like this. Yeah. But if you can have really good communication and trust in a relationship, it's it's interesting the different variations of, I don't want to call it monogamy, but of relationships that of you their, can yeah yeah their life of yeah the way they live it is there's so many different variations you're right and it's 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 interesting for us to just talk to people about it because we don't we wouldn't otherwise yeah and, and the thing with it is is if the people that are involved in the relationships are okay with the relationships yeah why should anybody else give up give a fuck like it, who cares i mean if you want to have a partner and two boyfriends and da 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 and you're all good with that and as long as everybody's happy yeah. good for you yeah. I agree. And also like this idea, like the whole monogamy culture thing of like this idea that you own your partner and that uh, infidelity is the ultimate betrayal. And there's, there's just so many, so many aspects of it that I feel 
are going to cause people to fail in their relationship before it's even started because they have this these toxic ideas about how they now have permission to control this other person yeah. and it's just so insane and and being in the adult entertainment industry so many of the guys that i dated were so jealous and so insecure and yeah it's crazy yeah. you know you can't find you can't have a good relationship as an adult entertainer unless you find someone who's not jealous yes yeah, this is true like yeah first and foremost that's got to be rule number one you can't yeah there's no jealousy allowed because obviously your job is going to put you in spots that are going to create some of that and if yeah but how amazing is it when you find that person yeah so amazing and yeah. as these other couples have they found the, the ones that are not jealous and are trustworthy and uh communication yeah like, i feel like people have have uh, misunderstood what loyalty is Loyal loyalty is not you know i mean sure loyalty is keeping your promises of course and if you promise to be monogamous then and you break that then you're you're not being loyal i get that but people going online then say or calling up all their friends or whatever it is and saying this bastard cheated on me and f him and f F all men and like everything that, that, that all of that stuff, like all of that is disloyalty. Like you're trash talking your partner, you're, you're, you know, like, I don't know, like that to me is disloyalty. Like I would, sure. I would never date someone that I saw trash talk someone else that they dated online. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And yeah. it's not betrayal if you're all, all okay with it. Right. Yeah. The rules are established and everything's good to go. You know what? Yeah. You know, yeah. What and the communication. Yeah. Communication is so important. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, communication is important, you know, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. Monogamous or not monogamous. I mean, it's, it's the, what's most important. So I got to know, you still got a crush on Robert Kennedy Jr. Yes. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> I hope you guys vote for him. I will be voting for him. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, we, I don't want to, we don't really talk politics much, but you know, the United States doesn't do a real good job of presenting us with people to vote for. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I am such a oxymoron. Okay. Because the majority of people in the adult entertainment industry are very far left, yeah. very, very, uh, like anti gun, anti a lot of things yep. anyway i'm not anti so, yeah. so i'm like i'm the both okay so i like i have so many trans friends i love so much and then i have conservative friends that hate trans people i'm like what's wrong with you and yeah. then i'm so like you know vaccine choice and uh uh Elon Musk, like i fucking love twitter now okay <laughs> <laughs> you know, say right? what you want yeah yeah, yeah, like I just I don't, but at the same time, like you know, and these this these this is the group that I belong to the most. Is most of my people are like situated on the left, but then at the same time, I believe in gun rights. I believe in parental rights over yeah. our having medical decisions for our children and all kinds of things like that. So, I find myself right here in the middle, and I just feel like we our biggest problem in in the whole world and humanity is division. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the best candidate because he is for unity and people on both sides want to vote for him. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he is definitely somebody that pulls from both sides. So he has been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's not going to win. Because unfortunately, he's, not, he's kind of in the middle, and he's not. He's not. He's not speaking crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, he does a little crazy. I mean, it depends what side you. Everybody, you know, the problem is the far left. The far yeah, anyway. We're not yeah. going to do a lot of politics. Problem but is, the know, he, anybody he, off he, way off on the far side, one or the amazing other. Amazing thing about him that turns me on the most is that he is. Uh, so fucking intelligent he's like this lawyer guy that goes after corporations yeah. and like just takes them down and yeah. oh just turns me <laughs> wow I, I, I I, that shit. <laughs> i'm i'm glad i asked I, yeah apparently she... <laughs> i love men who can speak to like men like uh an amazing speech will so totally turn me on i don't know I think yep. everything turns me on. I'm just horny. I was gonna say the only <laughs> the only woman with wet panties at a TED Talks. <laughs> I don't think I'm the I, only one. I don't, I don't think he's the only one. Probably not. Because if you, I, you've seen him without his shirt, that guy too for his age is built. I mean, he is not. Yeah, he takes slouch. care of himself. He yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Which his wife is hot too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I fantasized about being with both of them. <laughs> not. No, nope, say it. But we, but we don't judge. Remember that. Not saying it. Comes out the, the U.S. Secret Service might be knocking on your door. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I actually met him once. He came to my oh. city to do like an environmental talk and I had no interest in the subject because I mean that's terrible to admit oh my gosh see this see what vodka does I'm admitting <laughs> that I am not really into the whole environmental cause <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's, that's but okay. you are doing you are doing your good for this world in a different area so in a different environment there are plenty of yes there are plenty of people who are Taking care of what the environment needs. You're okay. <laughs> I paid like a few hundred dollars just to go and sit there and listen to him talk about I don't even know what. <laughs> and then and you then don't remember one word he said. You don't remember one thing. <laughs> it was something about water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the water in your panties is what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't wearing any <laughs> i don't i feel like he's not that old because i just love him and i think he's so hot but when i told one of my friends that i thought that i had a she said who do you have a celebrity crush on and i said robert f kennedy jr and she she, she said oh i'm not the only one with daddy issues <laughs> i was like oh do yeah. i <laughs> Maybe something to explore, but you never know. I mean, hot. I mean, hot's hot. Hot right? is hot. I mean, and it doesn't have to be for everybody. But your hot is hot, regardless. Yes. They're old, young. Well, I shouldn't have said that. Um. <laughs> that was politically incorrect. I was. I meant. Yeah. That all spectrums. Yeah. 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 Just include everybody. Again, somehow. that's what vodka will do to you. So, right? thanks for that's suggesting vodka. vodka. Tito's. Tito's. <laughs> Let's Tito's. not let's not just say vodka Tito's, Tito's. as we as we try Tito's. to get them to come on board. You guys are on the Tito's too. Oh Absolutely. hell yeah! Absolutely love Tito's. It's the only the only vodka to drink. It's the it's the sole vodka of of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Somebody thank you Tito's. Somebody else tried to get us and we turned them down. <laughs> That's not true, but anyway. <laughs> 
I'm also coming out with another book. Yes, I was going to ask okay. about that because I know you have your memoirs coming out soon. And uh, what can people expect from that? And when will it when will it be out? So it's called How Sex Work Shaped My Life. Ooh. And it's about it's about basically being a woman and having babies and going through the things that women go through struggling financially you know being a single mom and then all the kind of decisions I made and then the health stuff I went through yeah. how it all kind of developed into this this love of adult entertainment and and led me to this point now where I just can't leave the industry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps Every time I try I to leave it, it sucks me back in. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks sucks me back in in a good way. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just actually it's funny because I've started this new kind of general direction because of a recent surgery. So I I, I frantically I was like, oh my God, I have to have this surgery. I'm going to have an ostomy bag on my yeah. stomach permanently will anyone ever want to see my only fans will anyone want a sensual massage from me is this the end of my adult entertainment mm. and surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly no nope well that which is great but that had to have been some fears yeah. absolutely yeah they were huge probably but... bigger than the first time you went up and stripped this is probably a bigger fear or no no okay no. <laughs> all right i think but the reason why is because this industry, at least for me, and I can't speak for everyone, but I know it has been this case for other people as well. But this industry has made me feel more confident and less self-conscious about my body. And and you would think it would do the opposite, but the validation, I mean, I hate admitting it. It is an ego thing, right? Yeah, but the validation that you get from people who think you're beautiful and tell you you're be beautiful and are willing to pay money because they think you're beautiful, not just your body, but inside. And that that's what was really proven when people were still wi willing to pay me after I had my surgery, is mm -hmm. that they weren't only interested in what's on the outside. They were interested. They, they love me. They love Annie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's that that's that beautiful thing you get from OnlyFans is you yeah. get that real connection and you're talking to that real person and you're learning about that real person instead of just watching Pornhub or whatever, you know, like just some rando that you have absolutely nothing. It's it I do like that's the the cool thing about OnlyFans and all the OnlyFans women that we've talked to, you know, and how they how they interact with fans is such an amazing thing. Well, it's so special because our fans are living our lives with us they go through it with us the ones that stick around you know so a few of my fans that went through my surgery and that came out the other side and and then now I have guys uh signing up who have wives with ostomies or they mm -hmm. have ostomies uh some of them just want to that you know in so many so many relationships of people who have this surgery the sex goes away because the person who had the surgery doesn't feel sexual anymore anymore it doesn't feel sexy or beautiful anymore and that's so sad to me and that that's an opportunity for me to try and encourage people to say you know if if even random strangers think I'm hot with an ostomy then I'm sure your husband can find you hot with yours oh, yeah. Yes. Or, yeah you know it's just 
may be hard to convince them for, you know, right away, but don't give up. Just keep, you gotta, but I think you need to do that in every relationship is to continue to tell how, how beautiful they are, regardless as their age goes and they just get more beautiful as they get older. I think so too. I think so too. I find, well, that is another really amazing and fascinating thing about working in intimacy is like before I ever did that kind of work, I had an idea of the kind of men that I'm attracted to or the kind of men that I would want to date or sure. one night stand with or whatever. But now because I've been intimate in the sensual massage scenario with, with men of varying ages, varying sizes, varying looks, men that I would, wouldn't have even considered finding attractive before. Like mm -hmm. if I met them in, in my regular life. Now I, I just find every man attractive. So I, I have guy friends that are like that. And I've known them my whole life that like, just they love all women yeah. and I love yeah. them. And all women love them and they love all women. <laughs> Well, I'm one of those women. <laughs> I love all men. I just, I just walk around. I just love, I love everyone, actually. I just love people. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone is just so beautiful in every situation. I just see so much beauty in it. And I'm so grateful. And I believe a lot of that is because of not just doing intimacy work, but going through my health challenges and coming mm -hmm. out the other side and then realizing what's really important and just, you know, you, you start to be, have like grow this kind of sense of people's, fragility and vulnerability and instead of thinking what are they thinking of me you start to see them thinking what are what is she thinking of me yeah, right yeah yeah so what when, when when do the memoirs come out when does the memoir come out the memoir launch date official launch date is april 2nd oh we don't have to wait long oh that's not too far off all right good birthday month before we move on i just gotta say so as i'm talking you remind it's a celebrity thing but you remind me of deborah winger from urban cowboy really i'm gonna have to look that up oh yeah winger from urban oh yeah i see it you see it i do i do i, I didn't until you said it but yes i do so, oh so you've never you don't know who deborah winger no is? one has said that okay and when i was okay so i got my state my name annie temple from uh when I first started stripping I was hanging out with a bunch of the stage dancers I was the private show dancer still yeah. and I was hanging out with a bunch of the stage dancers and said I need a stage name I, I finally have some costumes and stuff I'm gonna go on stage now and they were like well does anyone ever say that you look like a celebrity and I said well I've only really had people say that I look like Little Orphan Annie and Shirley Temple oh. <laughs> and so they were like Annie Temple Annie Temple and I was like oh I didn't really like it but uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just use it for now. Well, it's stock, obviously. obviously. <laughs> it works, though. It it, it flows. It's it all really good does. together. And honestly, I was wondering if that's where it came from. When I was... yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, and then the only other celebrity uh, that I've really had, a like a few people, weirdly, because the first time I thought, well, that's random and no one will ever say this again. But then I had it happen a few times that people said that I look like Sigourney Weaver. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. From I one see. of the aliens, maybe? With the hair, for sure. I see that, yeah. too, yeah. I mean, I see that um, because of the hair more than than that. Yeah. But the, the I, but your face structure, I think, because she was... She's gorgeous. She's hot. Yeah. And she's <laughs> even... Yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah I'll take sure. that as a compliment. Oh, well, absolutely. So, it, yes. 
It, that was 100% a compliment because <laughs> I might have had back in the day when Urban Kawa came out, it, she might have been next in line after Pat Benatar, but that's a different story. <laughs> wow, I liked Pat Benatar too. <laughs> Not as much as he did. Not as much as I did. Oh, really? Oh my that, god! That's when I. I that's when I just. On your wall? I had a lot of rock magazines, and they, if they and they stuck together, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she was, she was my numero uno when I when I started discovering life. Have you followed her? How did she age? <laughs> she's got gray hair now, but she's still beautiful. Uh, I saw. Amazing. I've seen her a couple of years ago. Still sounds amazing. Still looks amazing. You know who I had a poster of on my wall and didn't age well? <laughs> I feel bad saying this now. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Scott Mayo. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Oh. I used to jump on my bed and kiss his lips. On the poster. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, know. I didn't think he changed that much look appearance-wise. He hasn't, but he was young and cute then. Now he's old and... Oh, that, that way. He's should, he should have... He just didn't, he didn't age well. He just looks kind of, I don't know, just, I don't know. An old. He's he a little just looks like an old version of the young guy. He didn't grow into a man. There you go. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. He still looks. <laughs> Anyways, Scott Bayo wasn't on my wall. No, I didn't have Scott Bayo on my wall either. <laughs> Had a lot of stuff, but yeah. So anyways, that were, yes. Oh, definitely a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so promise us that you'll come back when your memoir comes out because this has been so much fun and i think we could talk for five hours yes so if you I would, would love to. yeah we would love to have you back when the memoirs come out and, and do this again you're a lot of fun to talk with cool i'll send you the memoir awesome Ooh. awesome we got a lot i got a lot of reading to catch up <laughs> which of <laughs> good stuff is it do you uh interview a lot of authors We've had a couple, about a half a dozen. Yeah, we've had a couple, um, and yeah, it's for us. It's pretty much the only reading we ever do. We got to, you know, and I, I always forget to give them the reading assignment until like the week before. So <laughs> <laughs> I emailed them a couple of days ago and said, "Oh, by the way, uh, Annie has a couple books you might want to look." <laughs> well, if you give me your address or send me your address, I will send you a hard copy. Awesome, we would love that. We will put hard it. Copy. If you sign it, we'll we'll throw it with we'll it back here and we'll let everybody memorabilia. See. Yeah, you are an, you are an absolute delight, yes. and I knew that I I'm not gonna I saw you on a couple other podcasts and I knew this was gonna go well because I could tell from you you're a natural at this and you should yeah. be doing a ton of podcasts because you're a lot of fun to talk with. Yeah. Well, I think you guys seem fun, and I couldn't wait to be on your show, and I would love to do it again. So thank you very much. Thank you, Osses, Osses, Osses. There it is. That's where the vodka hit. Process it hit. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Thank you so Cheers. much. Have a good night. See you guys. Good night. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here.
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid. 